0: Or what?
1: Yeah. There
0: you go. Okay. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Thank you for that. It's so good to be back here in the uh, Community Church or West Garden Grove. It's been, I think, since May is when we uh, drove back out to uh, Colorado, is where I live now. Good to see so many very familiar faces. I know Tony and Jessica and Marlene and I go back probably 20 years or better. And I see a couple of new faces. Good to see you guys, whoever you are. (laughs) Yeah, so this morning we're going to take a look at some statistics, first of all. You love statistics, right? Everybody has to take it in college, maybe a little bit in high school. We love statistics, right? Well, anyway, Mara, you're going to need those pens in a minute. I used to uh, facilitate uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the things they taught us was that if you want to learn something, you have to have the concept that you're going to teach it in just a few minutes. So one of the things that I'm going to expose you to this morning is one method of sharing the gospel. So uh, I'll tell you when to really pay close attention. And so you can use your notepads if you so desire to do that. Uh, Anyway, um, you've all heard of, I believe, what's called the Great Commission. I used to be a commissioned officer in the United States Marine Corps. And one of the things that I had to do, I believe Jesse also, when he became a commissioned officer in the U.S. Navy, raise our right hand and we swore to defend and uphold the Constitution of the United States against all enemies foreign and domestic. I had to say the same oath of allegiance when I became a civilian employee of the U.S. Navy, for which I spent 35 years of my final working career uh, as a civilian employee there. So I take the Great Commission from our Lord Jesus as my marching orders. However, many Christians uh, are not really doing that, and that's why evangelist uh, Greg Laurie coined that phrase. He calls it the great omission. Let me get the little clicker here. We'll go to the next slide. So here's your first introduction to statistics this morning. This is done by the George Barna Corporation back in about December of 13. So the data is a little bit old, but it's the most recent survey that I could find that had some uh, statistical validation Uh, they surveyed by phone and online over two thousand individuals and the questions they asked first of all are you born again and there are certain criteria they had to respond to being born again that they accepted Christ as Savior that they believe they're going to heaven when they die and that they had a personal relationship with their Savior Um, whoops, sorry, still learning how to do this. So, they uh, striated the data according to uh, evangelicals, mainline denominations, non-mainline uh, Christians, and then overall Catholic versus Protestant. So the questions were asked is, if they agreed with a statement, I personally have a responsibility to tell other people about my religious beliefs. So 100% of the evangelicals said they agree. Okay, so what determines what's an evangelical versus just someone who's born again? Is it that they voted for Donald Trump in 2016? No. <laughs> no, the uh, additional criteria to become an evangelical was things like do you believe that the Bible... Uh, what's in the Bible, the principles therein are accurate. Um, do you believe that um, Jesus lived a sinless life while on the earth? Uh, do you believe um, and a number of other things, which uh, escapes my memory at the moment, but it was a step up from just a simple born-again. Mainline uh, denominations included Methodist, uh, American Baptist included Episcopalian, some others, uh, Presbyterian Church USA. Non-Mainline, I believe, is where Community Church or West Garden Grove would fall into. We have no denominational um, attachments. And then, of course, Protestant and Catholic overall. So of the evangelicals, 100% said, yes, I agree that we have a responsibility to tell other people my religious beliefs. However, when it comes to what they believe and what they do, there was a big gap. In the past 12 months, the statement is, I explained my religious beliefs to someone who had different beliefs and hoped they might accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. 69% of the individuals responding said, yes, I did that at least once in the past 12 months. So there's a gap between what evangelicals believe and what they actually did. Now you come down to mainline. Methodist United Church USA. They they response was only 42 percent, but out of the 42 percent, uh, they 54 uh, percent of those were about half actually did it. Then you get into non-mainline. Uh, Only one-third of Catholics who responded that they were born again uh, said that uh, I have done that in the past, and it was about the same of the same percentage that said I know that I have a responsibility to do it. So of of those who said they knew that and and agreed to it, they virtually all were doing it. And of the general Protestant uh, overall, it was um, 64% of those who responded said they that they were doing it, 54% of the 64 said that they were actually doing it. They further striated the data, how it's practiced across generations, and I thought this was interesting. In um, the clusters, which are now the late 30s and 40s, it declined from 60% to 49% over a just a three-year period. The uh, baby boomers, which is me, born between 1946 and the early 60s, it declined, uh, it, well, it virtually stayed the, stayed the same. And of the elders, which is uh, 70 above, and nobody is here in that category, uh, it was, remained essentially the same. But very interestingly, the millennials, actually was the only group that improved. They went from 56% to 65% um, as far as being a, uh, those sharing their faith. Now, we've all heard statistics that the Millennials are walking away from the church, so this would seem, at least on first blush, that um, that's not right. But the way Barna explained it in their report was that Millennials faced a lot of pressure from peers, from teachers in college, in high school, and so after that takes away a lot of millennials, the ones that are left, are committed to their faith, and they are actively sharing their faith, and that's a good thing. Then they looked at it from economics, and they said that they set the bracket at about $40,000, 39000 uh, annual income, and they said uh, those that uh, were in upper income, uh, 52% were sharing their faith. Those in the middle, only 37% were sharing their faith. But interestingly enough, those in the lower income bracket making less than $39,000 per year uh, were actually the best at sharing their faith of 57%. And then if you look about on just the middle income, it's declined from 2010 to 2013 has gone down dramatically so the ones that you would think would be more mature in their faith are settled in their uh, careers should have the opportunity more to share their faith are not doing it and that's not a good thing okay so let's go down one more slide here's where your first opportunity to do a little work I'm gonna give you two minutes turn to your neighbor or the person closest to you and why don't you brainstorm a little bit and try to think of what are some of the reasons that you think for the statistics that we just covered. Okay? Two minutes, go.
1: Went out with a baby. Good to see you, man. All right.
0: <laughs> okay, one more minute.
1: supposed to know what's going on this morning between our
0: banter together no you can know what's going on but basically when i call you up which is going to be at the end of the slides Mm -hmm. um, you'll be a a receptive individual you're not going to be an atheist you Mm -hmm. believe in god Mm -hmm. and so we're going to start a conversation it's going to be uh, improv okay (laughs) okay 10 seconds Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, uh, who would like to report out? Any ideas of uh, what's causing the statistics? Uh, and by the way, it was done. Like I say, the study was done of over 2,000 individuals, and Barna put the uh, validation at 1.9 uh, percent, plus or minus, at a 95 percent confidence level. So. <laughs> That's pretty good anyway, based upon just that sample size. Okay, anybody got any ideas? Well, one thing
1: maybe just we're talking about the the income in the corporate the the difference as far as low income in more more absorbing. Yeah. Yeah. It can be easy to forget where, when you're when
0: you're in you know, more more uh trying times, you know, then, which financially in this country trying times it it can it,
1: it, it can hit people really hard, you know, and that would be more hope. So that could be made one more
0: recently. Okay, very good. Okay, anybody else on any other the data that we looked at? Why aren't evangelicals, who believe that the Bible is true, uh, sharing their faith more?
1: Um, Just the society being so sensitive to everything, things you don't talk about, religion, politics, this and that. People don't want to impose their opinion as much because they're being sensitive to others' uh, beliefs. Um, so people aren't sharing as much with people just due to confrontation and things like that.
0: Okay, good point. Hi, Isan. Glad you could make it today. All right, anybody else? Well, uh, those are good responses. Um, I just did a little bit of my own brainstorming. Um, Here are some reasons that Traditionally have been a cause of not sharing your faith. Uh, One is fear of rejection. I think Wendy uh, touched on that. Maybe a lack of desire. And that might get into why middle class uh, people are not sharing their faith that um, Eric talked about. Um, uh, Maybe a concept that's the pastor's job. Okay, we pay him to do that, right? (laughs) How about lack of skill in presenting the gospel? If um, you were on the carpet right now to present the gospel to someone, um, ask yourself, uh, could I do it? And we're going to go into what is the gospel and give you some techniques of how to do that this morning. How about confusion over exactly what is the gospel? There's a lot of confusion of what is the gospel or the good news about a mindset that all religions lead to God, and I think maybe that's what you might have touched on a little bit too, Wendy, there, right? Oh, just believe in God, it's whether you're Islamic or Buddhist or whatever. And then here, Eric, I think uh, you nailed it here, lower-income individuals look to a brighter future when Jesus returns. So there's some reasons uh, that I came up with anyway. that doesn't I mean it's right. Now, Uh, 1 Peter 3.15 says always be ready to uh, give an answer to everyone who asks the reason for the hope you have, but do it with gentleness and respect, which is where many of us go wrong. We push something down on somebody. We uh, blast them with what we think the gospel is. But Peter says you have to do it with gentleness and respect. Okay, so next opportunity for you to do a little brainstorming together. Turn to your neighbor and come up with a simple statement of what you believe the gospel is. You got another two minutes. Ready, set, go. <laughs> Okay, one more minute. (laughs) Hey, it works for you. (laughs) We have tremendous resources. We got the full Bible on here. Okay, 30 seconds. 10 seconds. All right, time's up. Who would like to report out what you and your partner or partners came up with? Anybody? Don't be bashful. We've been sitting in church for how many years? We should be able to articulate what the gospel is. is it The word of God, good news. Word of God for what? The good news. Amen. Okay. Anything to add to that? What is the good news?
1: Uh, from, from West Lopez, from West Lopez, the weather.
0: Uh, didn't quite get that, Johnny. Sorry, I got a hearing thing. Okay, that's the Johnny version of uh, the gospel. <laughs> okay, somebody over here on this side. Come on now. somebody. I know some of you have been baptized for the past year or so. You at least should have an understanding of the creation being reconciled to God through Christ. Oh, okay. Not too bad. Okay, anybody else? Here's one for you guys. Um So everyone says the gospel is your path to God, but the gospel doesn't start at you. It starts at the top and kind of works its way down. So the way I see it is that's sort of the pathway on how God connects to you. Okay. You know, it, it runs the link of where... There, there is the, uh, if you will, uh, you'll understand this more better than most others. Uh, what's the chain of command? You know, God's at the top; you're at the bottom. That's the guy. Go- gospel explains how, how it how it connects and how orders from the top, or you know, orders, guides, strategy from the top, trickles its way down, and then you know, when you're here, shoveling your hand ditch, digging your life your, your your lifetime ditch, how that is supposed to you know how to how to, how to better help you understand why the ditch you're digging is important. Okay, good. Someone else? These are all good answers. I'm looking for something more. I thought you were. <laughs> and do you have an answer? No, well, we both said the word of God is the good news, and I said that's not going to be what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wendy.
1: his life as a human, um, and sacrificing his own son for our sins.
0: Oh, okay. Getting a little bit closer there. Getting a little bit closer. Okay, let's move on then. Um, what, let's talk about what the gospel is not, first of all. It's not just living a good life by not harming others. Now, I talk to a lot of people. I'm not afraid to share the gospel. I share the gospel at least once a week, sometimes once a day. I'm not bragging. It's just that the past several years I've gotten more comfortable with sharing my faith. And again, I'm not bragging, but we're all given, you know, coming from, again, a military background. You know, a few years ago I said, you know, if that's what the Lord is telling me what to do, then I better step up to the plate. Chain of command, top-down, is what um, Jesse was talking about. But uh, I do it quite frequently, and one of the questions I might ask somebody when I strike up a conversation, we're going to talk about how do you do that, is I'll ask them, well, first of all, you got an 82% chance of somebody in this country believing in God. Statistically, that's what they've shown. God, a higher power, sometimes it's phrased. So I'll ask them, I'll say... Um, Joel, if you were standing before God today and, and you passed away, maybe driving home from church, and he asked you, Joel, on what basis uh, should I allow you into my kingdom? I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you have a good answer, you can blurt it out. Otherwise, I'll let you off the hook. And says, How would you respond? Okay, well, that's actually a lot of the responses that I get is, I don't know, that's a good question. Or I get a response like, I've lived a good life. I haven't committed murder, haven't uh, stolen anything, at least recently. (laughs) If they think they're a really good person, you can kind of push the envelope a little based upon um, how um, you feel, the comfortable they are by going through some of the Ten Commandments. But, uh, yeah, that's... That's an that's a honest, and I thank you for that. Huh? Well, that's good, too. But, and none of us are worthy of, of that in ourselves, which is um, uh, what the next point is. Doing good works does not earn God's acceptance of you for salvation. Uh, we're saved by grace through, in Christ alone. Ephesians uh, 2 says, Not by works lest anyone should boast. There's a term called cheap grace It was first coined by uh, German pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer in the uh, 30s, and uh, cheap grace is basically the concept that um, we're all accepted by God because of his love. Now, God is love. Don't get that wrong. I mean, you all know the verse that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. So God's love is the basis upon which he gives us salvation, but there is taken to extreme, is because of God's love, he's not going to send anybody to hell. How many have heard of Rob Bell? He wrote a book called Love Wins Out. Basically, it's uh, universalism which says that everybody's going to go to heaven, not to hell. I don't know where he'd lump Hitler and Stalin in that, but um, anyway, it's not right. Because God is love, but he's also a God of justice and righteousness. And then how about the prosperity gospel? God desires to give you all these good things. He's like this um, best buddy in heaven like a, uh, what do you call it, genie in a bottle. And so we're here to enjoy the great prosperity. Well, tell that to a North Korean Christian who uh, is facing persecution. Do you know in North Korea, if you're found with Christian materials or discovered that you're a Christian, not only you go to labor camp, but your parents go to labor camp and your children go to labor camp. And it's hard work, and you will die in that labor camp. So, yeah, for Christians in some countries, you know, there's no prosperity gospel. They're there, they're suffering for cause of Christ, and they will be martyred. So what is the gospel? This is a biblical presentation of what the gospel is. First of all, man is totally depraved, meaning there is nothing that he can do in himself to be acceptable to God. And that might be a hard uh, concept to get. I'm a good person, so God chooses me because I'm a good person. No, that's not true grace. God chooses you out of his own good pleasure. Now, Calvinism, uh, which you may have heard of, it talks to the doctrine of the elect, which is a hard pill to swallow for many people but it's basically that God chooses some and he doesn't choose other according to his good pleasure and it doesn't sound fair but we're not (laughs) positioned to judge God I'll let you wrestle with that because it's been church has been fighting over that since I think the time of Augustine which is like the second century uh, AD Uh, anyway the verse that backs that up is Romans 3.23 and these are some verses that would be very helpful For you personally as you witness. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All being all, there's no exception. That's me, I've sinned. Eric sinned. My wife, believe it or not, has sinned. (laughs) All are sinful. All are sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The uh, next is that sin has separated us from this loving, righteous God who created man in his own image, and we are deserving of his wrath and eternal damnation. That sounds like a hard pill to follow. You don't hear hell preach that much anymore. In the last 60, 70 years in America particularly, it's been all about God's love, which has got us into this concept of universalism, which everybody's saved There's a concept that's helpful. Picture a red rubber ball. And a red rubber ball has attributes of being red. It's made out of rubber and it's a what? Ball! Ball. Now picture God as we'll just take three attributes love, righteousness and justice. He's got many more attributes. Now, if you take any attributes of a red rubber ball, like it being not being red, it being a blue rubber ball, it's not a what? It's not a red rubber ball. Or similarly, if you take and make it out of plastic, it's not a red rubber ball, it's a red plastic ball. (laughs) The same way, if you take any of God's multifarious attributes, like wrath, justice, Righteousness away from God's attributes Then you've made God into your own image And it's not the image of God that's presented in scripture Now again I want to emphasize God is love But he's also a God of righteousness and justice And he has nothing, can have nothing to do With our sinful nature, fallen man We all have a sin nature But the good news that we talked about earlier is that God has provided a gift by which we can be reconciled to Him. This verse right here, Romans 6:23a and 3:23b says, "The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord." So you've got both together. You've got His righteousness and justice, death, if we remain apart from Christ as our Savior, and righteousness. Uh, in Him, eternal life. And then um, Romans 5, 9 says, When we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He reached down through the chain of command. In fact, is He didn't stay up there, Christ is the third, uh, second person of the Trinity, was incarnate, incarnated as the man Christ Jesus, lived a sinful life on the earth, went to the cross for our sins to justify us because God demands death for the sinner and and gives us Christ's righteousness instead. I call it the great swap. Here's Cass with all his sin. Here's Jesus living a perfect life, sinless life, because he is God while he was on the earth. When I accepted Christ as my Savior at age 13, my sins were placed upon Christ while he was on the cross. God's wrath was poured out upon him while Jesus was on the cross. He died for my sins right there, and then in, in doing so, he paid the penalty that should have been mine. So my sins were taken care of on the cross because I accepted Christ as my Savior. Christianity is the only religion, if you would, that has a Savior. All the other religions depend upon good works, depend upon behavior, depend upon following a particular path, and so forth. So Christianity is the only one in which our sins, if you accept Him as Savior, are placed upon Jesus on the cross. And in turn, God's wrath was poured out upon Him. So in turn, then, that's why I call it the Great Swap, When God looks at me now, he doesn't see my sinful nature, sinfulness. He sees the righteousness of Christ. So when he looks at me, he sees me washed of my sins and uh, acceptable and justified before him. That's why I call it the great swap. That makes sense? And we have to do something. How do you receive a gift? What do you have to do to earn a gift? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> not, nothing. Thank you, Johnny. You yeah, to receive a gift, though. Johnny, when you got those clothes for Christmas, you didn't have to do anything to earn them, right? You could have been not so nice and your mom was still giving to you, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> we you just. Walmart Yeah, so from Walmart through your mother to you, okay. So all when we do, when we receive Christ as Savior, we get the gift of eternal life and we are made righteous in Christ. So that when Joel, when you stand before God, he already knows. And we're just kind of a scenario, but many people who have the concept of truly what salvation is can say. Well, Heavenly Father, it's because Christ died for me and my sins have been forgiven. This is a simple simple answer. Um, Okay, let's go on here. What I just took you through is all those verses were in Romans, and some people have turned that the Romans' road to salvation. Now, I've done this, and so other people have done this, where we do a quick graphic representation of, of salvation. Just imagine this uh, area here is a deep cavern. You've all been to the Grand Canyon, or many of you have, I believe, right? Yes. Well, a few years ago, a fellow by the name of Evil Knievel said, I'm going to jump my motorcycle across the Grand Canyon. Remember that? Yeah.
1: Snake River Idaho.
0: So he built, well, first of all, he went to a tribe. They wouldn't let him do it in the national park, so he went to a tribe uh, that had property on the Grand Canyon down upstream or wherever. And so he was presenting his thing. He had a video clip I was watching. He was presenting his concept to uh, the tribal leaders, and you could see them just shaking their head like this. But so he built a ramp, and he act, they actually gave him permission to try it. He revved up his, his motorcycle, went out over the canyon, And he didn't make it, um, but he had uh, some sort of a parachute on his back, and so the motorcycle fell into the canyon, and he survived, but he didn't jump over the canyon the way he wanted to. So this is like us attempting to get to God uh, on our own through good works, uh, religion, morality, and no, it's just not going to get there. This represents the throne of a holy God, and we will not make it uh, doing these particular types of attempts. Okay? God's way is here sinful man, and the cross of Christ is the only way by which we can approach the holy God. In fact, this book of Hebrews says the blood of Christ gives us the boldness to approach the throne of God. So we would be toast without the salvation offered in a holy God, Jesus Christ. All right. So you can actually take the Romans road and, and condense it down to three verses, and these are ones that I would encourage you all to memorize. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And with your mouth, you profess, or, uh, if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know, some other time, maybe when we come back, whenever that might be, I'll, we'll go through the resurrection and the reasons we can believe that the resurrection is heavily validated by empirical data. You could actually. Just use this verse here uh, for salvation. You can talk about what the uh, we all earn wages because of our sin, which results in eternal death, separation from a holy God, and then the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. But it requires us to accept that gift, just like John accepted the gift of his clothing uh, because he believed his mother was truly giving it to him without a Walmart credit card. Right? <laughs> Johnny doesn't have to pay that debt that his mother incurred. That debt was paid by his mother, so he gets a free gift, Um, just like us. She She loves you just like God loves you and doesn't want any of us to end up eternally separated from him in something called hell. All right, so here's how you can start a gospel presentation with somebody. It's called the SALT method. We're described in the New Testament, Jesus calls us salt and light. Well, SALT stands for these uh, terms. S stands for start a conversation. A is ask questions. L is listen. That's very important. You want to listen to what somebody actually says. Yes, you've got maybe a way to go after, that, uh, after he says or responds. And then T is tell the story. So salt. Okay, so now we're going to do a little bit of um, improv. I'm gonna ask my good friend from Barstow, California, <laughs> Brian, to come up here. And we're gonna pretend we're gonna pretend that we don't know each other. I want you to sit in this chair. And I'm going to walk up and, and um, start a conversation with him. Brian is uh, not saved, <clears throat> but he's receptive. So we'll see how this goes. And what I'll do is I'll step aside and I'll say, well, what would you say at this point? Or what do you think? Or how would you handle this? Okay. Are we ready? Okay, so I'm going to walk up here. He's at a park bench or something, um, some sort of seat. Oh, hey, good morning. How are you? Good
1: morning. How are
0: you? Good to meet you. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Well, thank you. My, my wife, I sit down? Have a seat. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, my name's Cass, by the way. My name's Brian. Brian. Okay. Um, yeah. We just got back from Colorado after a few months away. We live in the house uh, just over there across the street. Uh, I don't know, but I've seen you before. You live in the area?
1: Uh, no. I'm actually uh, from Barstow. Oh, Barstow.
0: Wow. What are you doing here? (laughs) I'm
1: living in a van down in Newport right now,
0: though. Oh, okay. I think there's a story behind that. (laughs) 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 We don't necessarily have to go there. Okay. You don't mind chatting a bit. I mean, I'm waiting for my wife. She's at a hair appointment. You know how that can be, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you don't mind chatting a little bit? No, not at all. Uh, Okay. I see you were reading a newspaper before I came up. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah, oh, oh, wow, you're at the obituary page. Uh, yeah,
1: I am interested <coughs> in those a
0: lot. Now, I was going to bring a prop to kind of help things along, but, you know, you got to kind of look for th- some clues as far as how you could go with this particular conversation, okay? So, anyway, I'm going to go with the pretend newspaper he's reading at the obituary page. Well, you know, I've got a, a, you might call it a morbid hobby, um, that I like to read obituaries, <laughs>
1: That's crazy. I like to read obituaries. Too. I
0: love it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> why do you like to read obituaries? Uh,
1: I, are you asking me? Yeah. Nobody I else like to, around here. <laughs> I like to see how people live their lives and what age they die, and where they were born and what they did with their life. I think it's very interesting.
0: I th- I would agree with you. It is, and many times people will highlight all of their accomplishments. You know, um, I was in. Um, you know, uh, my golf score, or you know their awards at work, or if they're in the military, gives all their commands and and that sort of thing. Yeah, so it kind of highlights, you know, kind of all of the accomplishments that they've gotten in life, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, do you mind? If, are you okay with my I'm asking you some more questions? You okay with that? Oh, sure. Okay, because <clears throat> one thing you don't want to make people um, uncomfortable. You want to be able to share the gospel with what? Humility and respect, right? So you always have to respect and kind of sense where individuals are. I walked into a McDonald's one time. There was a fellow up at the uh, counter, and he had a T-shirt on that was frankly blasphemous to God. And I noticed he sat down, and I said to myself, actually I said to God, do you want me to go over and talk to him? (laughs) <laughs> I kid you not, the clear word came to me, it's your call. <laughs> I kid you not, it's your call. I went over and started getting a conversation and it went from bad to worse very quickly. He was mad at God and and was sh- almost shouting and I was getting very uncomfortable in McDonald's, so I extricated myself. and But most of the time, people are receptive to... Um, conversation because, you know, a lot of people are are lonely and I noticed he was sitting there with nothing to do. I, I, I'm not going to go into why he's living in a van in Newport Beach. That, that's um, not something I want to get too personal with. But Yeah, so uh, since you don't mind me asking some questions, what, what accomplishments have, have you made in your life?
1: Well, in my life, I was that high school star that could throw that football way over that mountain right there. And if I just made that play, I would have, you know, we would have got into the college playoffs and, you know, I was a successful, uh, stockbroker for a while and made a lot of money, uh, but, uh, have a family Okay. and, uh, and I'm choosing to live with the band life right now, you know, cause kind of free under the radar, you know, <laughs> <Okay. the> bills, <laughs> sunshine in the morning, shower in the local bathroom. Yeah, on the beach. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, okay, Pretty sounds nice. like the good life. Right, right.
0: The American dream. The Mer- American dream, okay. <laughs> Living in a van, all right. All right, so, okay, where would some of you guys go from here? How would you, what would be the next question you might want to ask? Where? Okay, Isan. I would ask you um, what do you think of those people like after they, they die, where are they go? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, let's try it. So, Brian, um, you know, you read obituaries, you've seen all their life accomplishments. And what, do you, what do you think happens after you die?
1: Well, are you asking me?
0: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I don't see anybody else on that bench.
1: (laughs) Well, I I mean, when I was a kid, I went to church and stuff, and uh, I'm generally a good person, Um, and uh, I think, you know, there's a God, and I hope there's a heaven and stuff, so uh, I don't quite know if I'll make it, but I just try to be a good person, and when things get really bad, you know, I pray, but I, I don't really pray all the time. Don't go to church too much, except uh, maybe Christmas or something when other family wants me to go. so
0: hmm, okay. All right, so next question. Where would you go from here? Joel? <laughs> all right. Anybody? Okay, he's told me what? What has he told me that as far as what happens after he dies? What has he told me? That he believes he'll go to heaven, okay, based upon what reason?
1: I think he said he pretty sure he's
0: not. Oh, you said you're not going to heaven? I
1: said I'm not quite sure. I you're not
0: quite sure, oh, okay. All right, so he's not quite sure he's going to heaven. Where would you go? What would be the next question you might ask? Or where would you go from here? Anybody? All right, let's try it. Let's try something. <clears throat> well, um Brian again. Are you okay with this conversation? I I don't want to, you know, act like some kind of fanatic here. I mean, we're no. just killing some time. I no. mean, my wife is, usually takes a long time at the hairdresser and you're here at Eastgate Park kind of enjoying the okay. sun. So I'm, I'm assuming you don't have any pressing so you're okay with continuing the conversation. Sure, sure. Okay. You always want to make sure you're not putting somebody under false pressure. Well, Brian, would you like to uh, get some information that would help you to know how you can have that assurance after you die that you'll go to heaven? Uh, sure. Oh, okay. Now, normally, when I know that I might be in contact, I have a piece of paper in my pocket or jacket in Colorado. It gets kind of cold there this time of year. I have other means by which I can take them through if I don't have any paper but for your all's purposes we're going to use the whiteboard over here so I'll pretend that this whiteboard is a piece of paper I've got in my pocket so Brian uh, if I could have you move over to this whiteboard which just happens to be standing in Eastgate Park (laughs) Um, okay if I give you the Guitar, I don't want to knock it over. Thank you. Yeah, i set that to one side. And Brian, maybe stand over here okay. first. And um, I'm going to grab um, the blue pen. Well, Brian, I'm going to take you in the next three or four minutes uh, something, a diagram that I learned a while ago. It's called, have you heard about the three circles? No, I haven't. Okay, well, it's an internet sensation, and you can actually go online, look at the internet, YouTube, Google three-circle gospel presentation, and it'll come up with a number of different um, ones. We're going to see a short one here in just a minute. Well, it goes like this. This represents our world as we know it. Now, notice you're reading the newspaper and uh, probably not just the obituaries, but the headlines. Is this world perfect? Uh, No, not really. Well, if it's okay with you, I'm going to draw a jagged line down here indicating this world is broken. Well, what are some of the things you see in the newspaper or from your own experience of why you believe this world is not broken?
1: It's not broken?
0: I mean, it is broken.
1: Living in a van down in Newport Beach, there's a lot of war in the headlines. Okay, war.
0: Homelessness. Homelessness. You're not you not really homelessless. You've got a van, right? Right. right. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, uh, a lot of hatred.
0: Oh, hatred. Okay.
1: A lot of just evil.
0: Evil in general. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A lot of people not really living. Peacefully and loving everybody else. All right. No in love.
0: Okay. Is that enough? Well, not? it's a start. <laughs> well, you know, we try to get out of, many people try to get out of this brokenness, whether they realize it or not. What are some of the reasons we try to, or ways by which we try to escape? I
1: just put gas in and start heading out to the desert.
0: Okay. Uh, road trips. right? <laughs> Road trips, road yeah. Trips, yeah so go. then it's it's kind of like we try to get out of here by having fun, road trip or whatever. So what happens when you come back to your van after you get out of the desert? You got to
1: clean it.
0: Yeah, so you kind of...
1: Maintain it.
0: Yeah, kind of right back into the broken world. Right, right. right. Kind of like a bungee cord, right? <laughs> what are some other re- ways by which people, not necessarily you, but other ways of, by which people try to escape this broken world?
1: Oh, uh, I have a lot of, uh, I run across a lot of people that are into drugs and
0: alcohol. Oh, okay. So they try a drug, and then what happens? Like the bungee cord, when they come down off of that?
1: I guess they come back, yeah.
0: Yeah, We guess they come back. Yeah, they come back. Or they got, oh, they check out completely. Yeah, or I read yeah. them
1: in the obituary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. And then maybe even some good ways by which people can focus on careers, like you see all these accomplishments right, they did. Right, right uh, but... At the end of their life, you know, maybe they'll look back and nobody heard the phrase, well, nobody says at the end of their life, I wish I'd spent more time at the office, right? Because they realize that one before, yeah. they've realized the sacrifice they've made to their family, uh, to loved ones, right? So like they climb the ladder of success and when they get up to the top and they look around and, and realize um, that um, it's... Um, They've been leading the ladder up against the wrong wall. Lee Iacocca, you've heard of him.
1: Lee Iacocca.
0: Coca, yeah, that one. (laughs) That I. (laughs) At the end of his life, he says um, something to effect. I'm not quoting him exactly, but basically, he said, "You know, this whole thing of management, success, uh, you know, being well known. He says, it's nothing." So here he was, top of his game, right back into this broken world. Mm -hmm. Now, I'd asked you earlier if you believe in God, but God didn't make this world like that. Here's the second circle of the three circles. God, in his love, created man in his image after his likeness. And the desire was that man would represent him here on a perfect earth, put him in a perfect place. You said you'd gone to Sunday school and your kids. So you know Adam and Eve's story, right? Yeah, and how, how a man uh, chose to eat of the one commandment that God gave him, not to eat of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. And out of that, and that's what resulted in this fallen world as a result of sin, right? So here, man ran away from God. This represents a stick figure running away from God as a result of their rebellion, into this broken world. Yeah, you with me so far?
1: Yeah.
0: But now God, out of his love, didn't want man to remain in this broken world. Mm. So in the person of Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, Jesus, second person of the Godhead, the Trinity, we call it, was incarnated. We just finished Christmas, which celebrates Jesus' birth. Mm. He came into this broken world and then lived a perfect life. He went to the cross. He generally died, was buried, but he rose again on the third day through the power of God. And so that individuals in this broken world, if they accept him as their Savior, are brought into his kingdom. This represents crown representing his kingdom. And by doing so, they're reconciled to God And then God gives us a mission to go back into this broken world to bring what's called the good news of Christ's salvation to this broken world. Now, Brian, there's only two ways to get out of this broken world. One is through the pathway of salvation in Jesus Christ. The other is death. Now, from your Sunday school... You may have learned, what happens to somebody in this broken world who doesn't accept Christ as Savior who dies?
1: Do we want to say the hell world? Hell
0: word? (laughs) Yeah, you can say the hell word. Maybe hell? Yep, that's right. They end up in a place of eternal damnation, separation from a loving God into into hell. You got the red out. I got the red out. Okay. (laughs) Now, here's where you kind of have to sense, where is Brian at this point? Uh, You've started this conversation, SALT, start a conversation. A means ask questions. You listen to his responses, and now you've told the story. So now you've got to kind of sense, where's Brian at? Will you see him again? If you're not going to see him again, if you're not going down to Newport Beach and, and knock on his van, huh? then uh, you might want to ask him, you know, Brian, do you want to remain in this broken world?
1: you asking me?
0: Yeah, yeah, nobody else sitting on this bench. Uh, <laughs> but
1: what choice do I have? I mean, I'm, I'm in the broken world.
0: Do you want to remain in the broken world? Which 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 of these worlds would you like to be in?
1: Oh, which one of these worlds would
0: you yeah. like to be in? Do oh. you want to bring, be in a... World of perfect reconciliation to God where there is joy and peace. You may still live in a van in Newport Beach, but yeah. you're gonna have the Holy Spirit now dwelling within you, which should guide you or will guide you for your life's decisions and will give you that peace and happiness that you may have been not been or may not be experiencing right now. Well,
1: I think I want to take my little van right here. And I want to drive right over to the life of love and peace. That's the direction that I'd like to go.
0: Okay, but one problem, Brian. you would not... like to
1: just go right to God.
0: You would, but there's only yeah, you know, but the Bible tells us that no one comes to God the Father except through Jesus Christ. So where should your van go?
1: I think I have to go down this road right here. <laughs>